Any redistribution or reproduction of any part or all of the contents in any form is prohibited, except, ah, who the hell are we kidding? Distribute it, share it, put it in your podcast, broadcast it, or put it on social media. Just give credit where credit's due. Welcome into another episode of We're Talking Tonight. Craig Malasso, Dave Amato. Dave, before we start, as you know, I got my buddy Art here. We've been working on the bar. The ceiling's looking great. Going to have a little get-together sometime, hopefully uh, around in between the Christmas break. But both Art and I are sitting on a little Maker's Mark, and uh, Maker's Mark 46, actually. So uh, before Art leaves tonight, I might have him uh, have to hand him the microphone so that he can do a little <laughs> spiel on Acadiana Religious Store as oh, we're drinking please. bourbon. Maybe not so much tonight. Who knows? Where you know, Art says whatever. So, uh, hey, how are you tonight? What are you What are you sipping on over there? What kind of soy latte, frappuccino yeah. uh, nonsense are you have? So, so I always, you know, I always tell you I have something on deck, and I get to it sometimes, and I don't get to it others. Um, this time, this is the one that was on deck from last week and I just forgot it was sitting up here. Um, uh, I have a, a hazy double IPA, uh, your favorite, obviously. Well, yeah, uh, it's, it's those makeup things, you know, a double IPA. <laughs> what the hell is that? Is it really? It's an IPA. So, Stop with the double and triple shit. <laughs> so it's uh, from Distill Brewing in Norman, Illinois, which I'm not sure exactly where Norman is. You might know better than I do. Norman is right outside of Oklahoma City. It's it's the home of uh, Oklahoma University. No, no, Norman, Illinois. Oh, Norman, Illinois. Uh, I'm sorry. I heard. Did you hear Oklahoma? I heard Oklahoma. All right. Never mind. I'm I'm an idiot which we all know Norman, Illinois. Yeah. Well, you keep talking and I'll look it up. Yeah. So it's, it's deadhead IPA. It's a double IPA. Uh, like I said, out of still brewing in Norman, Illinois, which I'm not familiar where, where that is. Um, but it's pretty good. So. Well, I'll take your word for it because I'm not going to try it. So. <laughs> I know you, I knew you wouldn't. Um, and I'm sitting down watching a little bit of some Maction tonight, um, although there's only really one good Maction game tonight, uh, and that's Eastern Michigan versus Western Michigan, which is now 21-19 in the fourth quarter with seven and a half to go. So, All right, so good. Norman, Illinois is uh, just uh, uh, is south of Naperville and Joliet uh, outside of Chicago. Uh, Southwest, uh, okay. as you're heading towards Peru and uh, De De uh, Davenport, Iowa. So, okay, well, All there right. you go. So we, we both learned something. Let's turn off the let's turn off this now because we learned something. We can go to bed. We can go to bed. That's exactly right. Hopefully, our listeners have learned something as well because I had no clue and I lived in the area for a while. <laughs> well, that's but, why I asked you. I knew you were in the Midwest for a little while, so I figured I'd ask you if you knew where Norman was. Yeah, but I, 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 I try to stay out of, out of Illinois, the communist state of Illinois, and, and head more towards Ohio uh, or Kentucky for bourbon. There's not much in Illinois that I enjoy. So, but moving on from uh, the communist manifesto that I just went over, 
Uh, let's go ahead and uh, what's going on with somebody? Anything intrigue you? I tell you, there's only one game that intrigued me. What's intrigued you? Is there anything there at all? Yeah, no, there's not much, but there is one game. I think that, that'll be fun to watch, and I think that's the uh, App State-Troy game. Um, it's in Troy, so I think that gives them a little bit of a an advantage. Um, and, and Troy's a good football team, so I think Troy and App will be the most intriguing game of the of the weekend in the uh, Sunbelt Conference. I think, look, I think App still wins the game. They're a better football team. Uh, but I think Troy can give them a little bit of a scare. I mean, they, they, we saw it this weekend. Troy's a, a solid football team on defense. They don't scare you too much on offense. Um, but but they have the ability to, to put some pressure on the quarterback. And App State does not have a mobile quarterback like we do. So if Troy can get some pressure on Chase Bryce, you know, you never know what could happen. Turnovers here or there. And Troy can give them a little bit of a scare. Well, I think there's one thing, and I've said this to a couple people this weekend, is that when the games start out, both defenses are fresh, both offenses are fresh, and then from there we go into, yeah, the uh, Western Michigan just fumbled the ball, uh, yeah, Eastern just Michigan just recovered and and now is driving to uh, to take the lead. But um, I, I think what happens, at the, I think it'll be very similar to. Troy is very good up front. I don't mm -hmm. think they have the depth just and the Cajuns prove that. And I think App State ends up proving that as well. No, and I think so as well. Look, it's a 10 point spread. Uh, and, and I think App wins the game. I, I truly believe they're a better team and I think they're going to win that game. But I think for the first half, just like the UL game, I think for the first half, that App Troy game could be a lot of fun to watch. I, I really think it is, is going to be. You know, it's it's going to be, you know, App and their offense against Troy in their defense. And I think both teams will, will pound it out in the first half. And then I think eventually App will start to pull away. Totally agree with you. Could, you know, which probably means that, that, that we're both wrong if I agree with you, because usually <laughs> I've been wrong all week or all, all, all year, I should say. Sure. Let's move on. Let's let's talk about the game that we're here to talk about. Um, Cajuns visiting Liberty. Let's start out. Uh, we know what they have at quarterback. We know what they have at somewhat at receivers. Let's start out with the offensive line. Let's talk about the guys that make it go. What's happening yeah. there? They're uh, they're big and they're strong and they're athletic. Um, the problem is they give up a ton of sacks, and they've done it all season. Um, the games that they've lost, uh, they've lost to Syracuse. They've lost to ULM, which is a huge surprise. And then they lost to Ole Miss, which I think no one was shocked about. But in those games, they've given up, um, I think it was uh, six sacks in one game, four sacks in another, and nine in, 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 in another. So when they lose, that offensive line allows a lot of pressure on them. Um, and, so and, that, and will, will that be a situation where the Cajuns' depth on defensive line, which I still think that we have some depth on defense – uh, do you think the defensive line there will be able to to control Liberty's offensive line? I, I'm hoping so. I, I think that is <laughs> way to be definitive, Dave. <laughs> I, I think that is where the Cajuns have the best advantage is our defensive line versus their offensive line. Um, the problem is, and we'll talk about that when we get to the quarterback. The problem is 
that quarterback is so athletic and has the ability to do so many things that we've got to make sure we keep him contained because man, he's, he's a special player. Um, the reason he gets sacked so much is because a lot of times he will try to pull it down and run and he gets in trouble back there. But the reality is he's, he's good. Um, but that offensive line gives up a ton of sacks and, and the more pressure we can get on him, I think the better we'll be. Uh, yeah. They've got two, look, they've got a really good offensive line with some experience, but they really, they, they rely on two guys, uh, their right guard uh, and they're big. Look, the right guard is Brendan uh, Schittler and he's six, five, three fifteen, And then their, their left tackle is Tristan Schultz. He's six, four, three Oh five. But you go down their offensive line, uh, their center is 6'1", 290. He's the smallest guy on the line. Jacob Bolden is 6'5", 315. Cooper McCaw is 6'5", 305. They're all over 305, 300 pounds, and they're big and they're strong and athletic. But, again, he's, he's a guy who runs and scrambles around a lot. So if you get pressure on him, it can make him make mistakes. It's all about what I've seen is – getting pressure on them so that they either uh, give up sacks or turnovers. And that's been their biggest two flaws. All right. Well, let's let, I'm going to switch gears on you. I know I, I lied to you twice already tonight. So let me lie to you. And we're going to move on to the quarterback because you talked about them a little bit already and we might as well get into, because that is the heart and soul of their team. Absolutely. Where are they going to go with the, I mean, what, what does he do? I mean, you've talked about the sacks, but you also talked about being a mobile quarterback. Yeah. It's, you know. So, look, he's he's played almost every down for them. Malik Willis might be the first quarterback taken in the draft next year. Um, and if he's not the first quarterback taken in the draft, he'll be a first-day pick in the NFL draft. He was originally signed by Auburn. Uh, played a little bit at Auburn and then decided to transfer and went to Liberty. The, what makes him so dangerous, uh, he's 6'1", 225. So he's not the tallest guy in the world, but he's pretty thick and, 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 and strong. Um, he's got 21 touchdowns, which is an amazing number, right? But he's got nine interceptions. So he will turn the ball over a little bit. And in the games they've lost, it's been about the turnovers. He threw three interceptions against uh, ULM. He threw three against Ole Miss. Um, the other thing about him that's so dangerous is he's the leading rusher on that team, too. Uh, and it's by a large margin. He's rushed for 755 yards this year. Um, oh. He's got a, almost a five-yard a game, uh, five-yard a carry average. Is that something there that we're going to have to spy the quarterback and not worry about their running backs getting out of the backfield? I truly believe that is where we're going to look. We have struggled mightily against guys. And I think back to the Nichols game, right. Um, with their quarterbacks, the, the more mobile quarterbacks have given us fits and I'm scared to death about this guy because while he is really good at throwing the ball, he is so good at running the ball. I mean, that's – he – their their second leading rusher is uh, their starting running back who only has 400 yards on the season, and he's got 755 yards. I mean, he, he will tuck it and run when he gets a chance. 
Well, you know, he's that, he's good. Well, I t I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna skip on you again. Let's 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 move to the receivers before we hit the running backs, because I think you pretty much touched on the highlight of the running backs. But who's he gonna throw the ball to? What's he looking for? Does he like to throw the ball downfield? Are there running backs? You, well, we'll wait till we get to the running backs here. But is that something that he's is it slants? What, what's he looking at there? Yeah, he's a little bit of everything. He's uh, he can throw the ball deep. He's a big, strong kid who likes to throw the ball downfield. He 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 really he spreads it out a lot. He's thrown the ball to seven different guys who have double digits. His main guy is a freshman in Demario Douglas. Uh, who has 42 catches and five touchdowns. Uh, but he's got some other guys. C.J. Daniels has 27 catches and seven touchdowns. Um, and those, both of those guys are freshmen. He has a senior, Kevin Shaw, um, who actually played against us the last time we played him, who has 18 catches. And they use a tight end a little bit. Um, not as much as we've seen in the last couple of games, but Johnny Huntley's a good one. Um, and he's got 11 catches on the season for 119 yards, but he'll spread it around. He'll move it around. They will run some slants. Um, he'll scramble around and get some, you know, I, I equate it to a little bit of how we face Georgia Southern. Uh, he'll scramble around enough to allow his receivers to make plays downfield. He, he would rather throw the ball over the middle of the field. But when he gets his chance and he's he's scrambling around, his receivers will will break off their routes, and then he can just chunk it downfield because we're going to try to we're going to assume he's running, and then he'll just chunk it downfield when he can. So he's going to be a dangerous guy to watch because he's got weapons to throw to. But it's all about Malik Willis. It's all about him. Well. Lastly, let's go ahead and talk about the running backs. Doesn't sound like there's a whole lot there. Do they catch any passes, though? Are they coming out? I mean. Yeah, they a little bit. Um, they, they've got three guys that they have bounced around as starting running backs. Uh, Joshua Max, the main guy. Uh, he's played nine games, started five. TJ Green's played all ten games, only started two. And then Lewis Shedro has played in 10 games and started three. So they kind of bounce all three guys around. Um, none of them put up numbers that scare you at all. Um, of, of all of them, um, uh, the last one I mentioned, Lewis Chedro is probably the more shifty of all of them. He's five, eight, one seventy. He's kind of a, a scat back guy that kind of scares you. Um, the only one that really catches the ball is Shedro out of the backfield. He's got 13 catches, uh, 26 yards and two touchdowns. The other guys combined for seven catches on the season and they're just not threats catching the ball out of the backfield. It's really, if he's going to throw it, it's going to be when Shedro, if he's going to throw it to a running back, it's when Shedro's going to be on the field. Well, it sounds to me like uh, Royals award nominee, Patrick Tony in the Cajuns defense, has their work cut out for them this weekend? They do. They do. Look, this is a good football team. They're seven and three. They've been a, a very good G5 football program for the last handful of years. This is not going to be a game that you just walk into and assume the Cajuns are going to win. It's going to be a game the Cajuns are going to have to really watch what they're doing. I, I, I Look, I think when you have everything in perspective, I think the Cajuns are a better football team. 
at all levels, but there's some spots where, where um, for sure, Liberty has some advantages. And we just got to make sure we limit those advantages. Well, I tell you what, man, Western Michigan just imploding on themselves I, I, right now. I, I, I just, well, I turned my head. I don't know what just happened, but one, I, of, the big, one of the big uglies is running around yeah. with a football in his hand. Uh, so I'm assuming he recovered a fumble or intercepted a pass. I want to say he inter, inter, intercepted a pass, but I could be wrong. I, I looked up at that, so. But yeah, uh, I, I turned around. He was running around like a maniac with the ball in his hand. So I don't know exactly what happened, but it looks like. And this was a game that was 21 to nine, not that long ago. So so West Eastern Michigan has made a move. Yes, you're correct. So yeah, it, it's uh, it's it's very interesting. I've got a very very good friend of mine uh, that uh, that I knew. That I know in uh, Indianapolis that went to Western Michigan. So uh, I might have to text him tomorrow. I mean, I'm sure he's not up though. He's always been an early riser and early to bed guy. Oh, deflected pass there. Yeah. Okay. So before we go to commercial break, I'm going to give it to Art real quick here and let him talk about Acadiana Religious Store. When Art's done, I'm going to give him 30 seconds, 60 seconds, 90 seconds. No. When Art's done, then we'll go to our commercial break. And uh, then we'll come back and we'll talk uh, Liberty deep uh, Liberty defense here. So uh, you're listening to we're talking tonight, Craig Malanson, Dave Amato, and very special guest tonight, Art Garrett from the Katie religious store. Well, Craig, I thank you for this opportunity to share uh, my, my business with your listeners. Um, Back in 1963, my mother and father opened this little shop in the South College Shopping Center, and we're proud to still be there uh, after all these years. We're only the only original tenant still there. And uh, we got a great staff, and uh, we're excited about this next uh, upcoming Christmas season. Um, we do want to invite anybody that's listening to this podcast to visit us online at AcadianReligious.com. We will ship anything anywhere in the country. And... Um, we also have a great selection of UL items. We did some coasters and some car coasters. We have some mugs coming in and some uh, some uh, some other items, some key rings with the UL logo on it. And uh, we're really excited to be part of this podcast. So thank you, Craig, and thank you, Dave. And uh, it's been exciting to uh, sit in. You're back with We're Talking Tonight, Craig Malanson, Dave Amato. Thank you to Art Garrett for sitting in tonight for a few minutes there. Uh, Art is very, very, how do I say this? Uh, I guess shy, I don't know. But his dad was one of the big supporters of Burl Shipley and the, the, the UL basketball team or the USL basketball team or the SLI basketball team in the day. Both of his parents were very big UL supporters, so don't let Art fool you. They've always been a UL supporter. So if you get get an opportunity there, go out and support Acadiana Religious Store and, and appreciate them help coming out. And we'll get Art again, and we're going to talk more about what he's got there because I know he's going into uh, some items, I will say, that are uh, more dad-friendly, we'll say, uh, that are – are you all related, but outside of maybe what some people think of as a religious store item. So, but, but we'll be unique to the area. So I encourage you to visit Acadian religious store if you get an opportunity. So Art, thank you very much. Appreciate all your work here at the bar in the bunker. 
and we're going to see you again Thursday night. So peace out, brother. So Dave, let's talk. Uh, let's talk. What's going to happen when the Cajuns are on offense? What are we looking at on the defensive line? Yeah. What does our offensive line need to do? So, so this is a really good defense. Um, I, I think people are making the assumption that this team gives up points and they do. This team only gives up 18 points a game um, and they only give up about 316 yards a game. So they are a stout defense. They're very similar to um, Troy in the way that they play a lot behind the line of scrimmage. Um, I, I, you know, Troy's ridiculous with their numbers uh, on sacks and tackles for loss. This team doesn't put up as many sacks, but they have, they're probably top five in the country in tackles for loss. And, 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 and they, 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 they bounce around their defensive line and their, their defense, their linebackers a lot. Um, I was looking at it, you know, we always talk about whether they play a three, four or four, three, or they play a, uh, you know, some of this hybrid safety position. This team doesn't really have a standard that they play. They play some three, four, they play some four, three. They do have a hybrid guy that plays a little bit safety linebacker. So on a defensive line, they've got some, some pretty good guys. Elijah James is probably their best player up front. Um, he's fifth on the team at tackles with 38, um, but he has five tackles for loss and two sacks. But then the guy right next to him is a gentleman, uh, and I will butcher his name, but it's Rolfs Russens, and he's eighth on the team with 29 tackles, and six tackles for loss and three sacks. So they've, they've got some guys who get in the backfield and make some, some real big plays behind the line of scrimmage. And I think that's what we're going to have to do. Look, the offensive line, I think, played fantastic against Troy. Uh, and they're going to have to do the same against uh, Liberty because at the end of the day, Liberty is going to try to play on our side of the line. They're going to try to to muscle up and be bigger and stronger and faster than we are. And, and the good news for the Cajuns is, I still think our offensive line is getting better each week. And I think they have proven against really good defenses that they have the ability to take over a game at any point in the game. And they did it last week against Troy. They're going to have to do it again against, uh, against Liberty because their strength is in their front six and front seven uh, because they've got some really good players there. Well, I think the, the part of it is the Cajuns offensive line continues to improve because they continue to have more time and practice together. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, no question about that. Uh, Max Mitchell uh, named to the senior bowl uh, today. So Absolutely. congratulations to Max. Uh, lots of fun going on there, guys. Uh, it, it's one of those things that, you know, we, we talk about, I think the offensive line too many times. Um, I won't say it takes a beating because it's, it, I think it's undervalued, I think, more than anything else by Cajun fans. And uh, it's amazing. Eastern Mich Michigan's about to win that game. and They are. <laughs> uh, who who would have thunk it? I mean, when we, when we both turned it on there, it was like, okay, what's going on? But, uh, you know, go. Oh, that's it. It looks like it looks like they're in victory formation. Yeah. 
So, uh, but uh, shit, I, it's easy to get sidelined with me. Oh, I, I know what it was that I want. To, you know, there is a reason that I have you on, and that okay. is to, that is to pronounce all the hard names. <laughs> so, yeah, no, look, I because just... I have a hard time pronouncing my last name. <laughs> yeah, so. no, it's it, it. You know, the more you dig into these, and then you know, you got to start going really. I use like probably eight to nine different websites to like do a lot of my breakdowns on teams and figure out all the information I need. But one of them that I always go to is the team's website because they, they give you some of the pronunciations of some of the harder names, but even reading the pronunciations are difficult sometimes. You're like, I still don't know how to pronounce that. I, I totally agree with you there. So, but, all right, so let's move on to the linebackers. Or did we do the linebackers? No, we did the we did the D line. We didn't do the linebackers. No, I know. So let's move on to the linebackers. Let's talk about what we're going to see there, and then yeah. I'm going to get into a little bit more about the Cajuns' offensive line when we when after you're done. Yeah. So so again, it's, there's so many similarities between what we just faced with Troy and what we saw with Liberty. And I told you last week that. Uh, that probably the best player on the field for Troy was a linebacker that they had Carlton Marshall, who was a, a stud and he had a very good game against us. Um, I, the same thing with, with Liberty, they've got a player by the name of story Jackson, who's a transfer from Prairie view a and M, but he leads the team with 76 tackles, nine and a half tackles for loss and five sacks. He's a, He's a beast. I mean, he's really, really good. And the guy that stands next to him is a grad transfer from ULM, um, Rashad Harding, who is another one that's really good. He's he's third on the team in tackles with 51 and seven tackles for loss and three sacks. So their linebackers are, are stout. I mean, they, they're going to make plays all over the field. They, they, they'll cover the, the, the running backs. They'll cover tight ends but they really like to put pressure on the quarterback and, and, and more importantly, get behind the line of scrimmage and, and try to tackle running backs. But again, I said it before and I'll say it again, what, what's really been good about the Cajuns, especially lately is that offensive line. And then the running backs have really put up some good numbers and they've, they've made some of these better linebackers that we faced look silly. Um, I, I really, I mean, you know, Montreal, William, uh, Montreal Johnson didn't put up great numbers last week, but he was solid. But Chris Smith had a great game. Yes. Um, and, and, and what's scary about that is, and, and we don't, we don't, you know, really talk about the Cajuns because most of our listeners yeah. understand the Cajuns position. But what's scary about the Cajuns and what's so hard about the Cajuns to really get your head around is our receivers. It's not the same guy doing it every right our receivers it might be michael jefferson one week it might be peter leblanc one week it might be dante fleming one week well the running backs now that we're missing obviously imani bailey but we've had games where uh montreal johnson has been just a stud and then the next week it's chris smith and then the next week it's montreal johnson and so the defenses don't know who's going to be the guy this week at any position 
any skill position, right? The running backs could be one guy. The wide receivers could be another guy, which makes it hard to figure out who you're going to double team or who you're going to key on because we've just been that good. It's been a fun season. Well, it's funny you bring that up because that was something I had planned on talking to you about a little bit is that as we get in, not so much next week against ULM, but as we get into the Sunbelt Conference Championship game, I'd like to do a comparison, a comparison running backs, running backs, uh, both teams. Sure. And the same thing with the bowl game. Yeah, you know? no, absolutely, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, definitely, because we're making the assumption we're going right. to see App State, and which I think is, you know, 90% confident that we're going to see App State. Um, but that'll be an interesting breakdown, especially if we get Amani Bailey back and we have all three of them on the field for that game because they've got three really good running backs and we think we've got three really good running backs. Uh, so that'll be a fun comparison. Well, and, uh, what I really wanted to bring up about the our offensive line, though, is I, I have the uh, the absolute privilege of sitting on the uh, Raging Cajun Athletic Foundation board. And this week we had uh, – or I shouldn't say this week, last week, uh, Shane Vallow came to talk as a student athlete that came to talk to the board. What and, a great story, by the way. Oh, awesome. And I'm going to, uh, hopefully when he's done, I'll have him on to, to talk about it more because right yeah. now, as we know, but Shane is an absolute wonderful, wonderful person. But I, I, I put him on the spot. I said, you know, I said, Shane, I, I, I said, I think you're being a little too modest here. I said, because, you know, I said, you know, you had Trey Regis, you had Elijah Mitchell, you had uh, Raymond Calais, and then and now this year you got, you know, Montreal Johnson, you got Amani Bailey, you got, you know, Chris Smith. I said, is it really the running backs, or you know, is it the offensive line? So I'm not going to say surprisingly. He kind of joked at first, well, you know, but he never said it was the offensive line. But at the same time, what he did admit to was that. Sometimes they miss their blocking assignments and these running backs have made them look good. It's well, just, and I think vice versa, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's, oh, yeah. There's times that the running back gets credit for a great run, yes. but it's the it's the not even just the line the line, it's the wide receivers, no. it's you know, other guys totally, on totally. the team making great plays. And I think look, that's the that's the reality of it's not always the running – look, I say this about Levi. It's not always Levi's fault. It's not always Levi's – you know, he's not the hero. He's not the GOAT. Yeah. You know, he, he's – every single It's position, part of a system. It's a part – it's absolutely part of a system. And, and look, we – Or we as Coach Napier likes to say, it's part of the formula. That's right. We're lucky to have a really solid offensive line that's going to make mistakes, but we limit how many mistakes we make. And we've got really good running backs who are going to make mistakes, but they limit their mistakes. And that's the key. And look, and, and, and Billy will tell you this during interviews. He'll tell you this in person. What makes our running backs so good, and, and, and look, we've got young wide receivers, and we've got veteran wide receivers. But what makes it really good is when you look at the downfield blocking that we get from some yes. of those wide receivers, it's phenomenal. Jalen Williams, I've seen him put blocks on people that, that spring a running back. And I've seen it from some of the guys like Dante 
Fleming. I've seen it from Peter LeBlanc. And these aren't big guys we're talking about. They're really right. solid guys. But they're not huge guys. But they'll make a, a, a block that'll spring that running back that will allow him to break a, 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 a you know, a four to five yard carry into a 15 to 20 yard carry. And that's the difference. Yep. All right, let's move on to our last segment tonight on the defensive backs for the uh, for Liberty here. What are we? Uh... Yeah, look, and, and <laughs> there's so many similarities between Troy and Liberty, and and I think another similar similarity is as good as they are up front, they're they they're one weakness. If you had to give them a weakness on defense, is in their defensive backfield. Uh, they're good, they're not great, and I, I think we. We have a chance to expose them a little bit. Um, they've got a couple of, you know, three of the four guys that are in the backfield are transfers. One's a transfer from UTEP. One's a transfer, a grad transfer from Georgia State. Um, and another one's a grad transfer from Washington State. But their their main guy back there is actually the guy who plays what they consider their rover position, which is kind of their their hybrid linebacker safety guy, Javon Scruggs. And he's probably the strength of the team on the, in the back four slash five. Um, and he's, he he's second in the team in tackles. He's strong. He's a guy you got to watch out for. And you got to watch out where he lines up, whether he's going to be a true safety or where he's going to play kind of in that linebacker position. He'll come up into the box. If he's assuming a run, he'll stay back. If he's assuming a pass and that's going to be the key is, is getting him out of position where they think we're going to run. Then we got to go over the top when they think we're going to pass. We got to go ahead and pound him down the, down the throats. Cause he's going to be the guy that's going to make that play. That's going to change how we design. And, and look, a lot of it's on Levi and it's going to be, if he sees him sneaking up into the box, that he might have to call an audible and say, look, we're going to throw the ball to either the outside or deep. And if he's laying back, but this is going to be a handoff or maybe he'll scramble for some yards. So it's going to be a key on what, where, where Javon Scruggs lines up. And I think that's going to be the key on how we, we, we make plays against this team. Well, Dave, I know uh, we're recording on Tuesday night, which I never know which day of the week since I've been working at home, which, what it is. Thank God I actually set up these in advance to where it reminds me of my phone. But I know you are uh, heading uh, tomorrow, which will probably be the day after everybody listens to this. I'll have on Colin Lacey of the Georgia Southern Sports Network, and we're going to discuss more about uh, some conference football and a little bit more about uh, – a few other things here uh, as far as uh, uh, maybe even some women's basketball. Colin does women's basketball for George Southern Sports. But uh, safe travels, my brother. Yeah, so real quick, wish us luck. Um, so I, I, I know I've touched on this in the past. My, my daughter is a cheerleader for the Acadiana Christian Association homeschool uh, football team. Okay. And we are traveling to, um, uh, Panama city beach, Florida, uh, tomorrow. They are playing in the national championship tournament. Uh, the, the football team is not the right. cheerleaders. <laughs> um, they are uh, that's playing competitive cheerleading. No. Yeah. 
So they're playing a two a, a two game tournament. It's so it's weird. It's broken up into four divisions. We're considered, I guess, division four. Um, so we're playing against the team to, uh, Thursday. And if we win that, we play against the team who won the other side of division four. If we lose, we play against the team that, that lost the other division four game in the championship game. But it is considered the national championship of homeschool football. Okay. Um, so uh, wish the Acadiana Christian uh, football team luck on their ability to possibly bring home a high school national championship for the state of Louisiana. Most seconds. I'm, I'm sure everybody will a quick shout out though, before we head out to the million dollar mullet, I know yeah. you're listening. I <laughs> uh, will have a drink with you. We're going to, I'm going to enjoy Liberty. Uh, this will be my first, not only my first road trip of the season with the Cajuns, but it'll actually be my first game in person with the Cajuns. So. so I am very disappointed. My wife and I had this conversation you know, we lived up in, in North Carolina for a while. We made a lot of trips up into southwestern Virginia um, many times. And we love uh, Lynchburg, Virginia. It's a great area. And we would really like to be there. But, of course, we have to follow our daughter uh, going to the football game. But um, for all of those that are going, and I know a number of guys that I've spoken to are going to be there. Yeah. Uh, have fun. It's a beautiful part of the country. It's um, the, the Shenandoah Valley is gorgeous. Uh, please. There's a great breweries out there. I know, I know uh, Craig won't be uh, indulging in the breweries. He'll find some whiskey out there, yeah. but, but I know that million dollar mullet will probably find a brewery or two that he likes. Well, I know Wayne, Wayne, our friend Wayne is a, uh, I believe is a beer drinker more so than, the mullet, uh, from what I mean, well, told, the, is the a whiskey. Mullet, the mullet will drink his Bud Lights, but yeah. but, but 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 Wayne uh, will definitely indulge in some higher higher level IPAs. So Wayne, I'm sure he will be listening to this podcast too. There are some really good breweries in downtown yeah. um, downtown Lynchburg. So enjoy y'all's time there, and I wish I could be with you. But I well, will be back for the ULM game, and I will be back for the uh, conference championship game, and we can we can drink some some high powered IPAs together. Yeah, I don't think that happened. You can have one, and uh, <laughs> but uh, no, hopefully, uh, honestly, if I can figure out how to do this thing on my phone to record that it sounds half defense, uh, uh, decent defense, decent, that I'll have the guys on that are traveling there. So. Well, good. I would love to listen to that. And uh, if I have a free moment, I'd love to call in and talk to you bastards. Sounds good. Hey, for Dave Amato, I'm Craig Melanson. You're listening to We're Talking. Peace out, everybody. Safe travels. If you're heading to, to, to Liberty, Lynchburg, Virginia, I want to keep saying West Virginia, but I'm not going to because I know it's wrong. So. <laughs>